Okay, this is Param Berg here to introduce my recordings of Graham Dunstan and Eddie Lloyd at the Julian Assange support event, which was held last Saturday at the Memorial Baths and War Memorial in Lismore. And it was on the 20th anniversary of the invasion of Iraq by the USA. About 50 people attended at any one time, maybe 60 or more, probably 100 or more uh, over the whole two hours. Uh, it was coordinated by Roy Drew, who's the organiser of a local uh, Julian Assange support group, and he emceed the whole event. There was a great welcome to country by Auntie Thelma and her daughter Auntie Shay, who were both very on side with uh, the Julian Assange support um, idea and um, what seemed to me most essential to record and disseminate further in this way was the speeches by Graham Dunstan and Eddie Lloyd. There were others including Roy Drew himself and some great live music from two singer-guitarists locals and it was all well worth hearing. Um, Graham Dunstan, coming first, has been an activist since and before the Aquarius Festival and currently operates out of the Peace Bus up and down the country. He's an amazing designer of campaign banners and also proved to be a riveting speaker, as you will shortly hear. He refused to use the microphone and politely but firmly shut down all the chatter after a musical interlude to focus well-deserved attention on this speech. So here is Graham Dunstan in Lismore last Saturday. His father, John Shipton, in Melbourne for the past three months, it seems like. So I'd like to give a report on him and the campaign. We last saw each other in Sydney last weekend. On Friday, Friday week, and Saturday last week, there was an installation at Town Hall. It's four bronze statues. Three of them are whistleblowers. Manning, Clark, and Julian standing on chairs, and an empty chair with the invitation to climb up and speak up and speak out yourself. Courage is contagious is the message. And you must have found this in your own life. That when you've taken an honest stand on something, when you've stood up and spoken the truth of the moment, other people get brave. Yeah? We learn by example and that's how it's been going. John Shipton organised that tour. It's a, um, a sculptor called Davida from Rome and it's travelling through Europe and all around the place creating media opportunities. Just being in public place, meeting people, yeah? Having conversations and a great before that it was in Melbourne and South Bank and the great moment for us was South Bank is kind of a, a busted zone <laughs> and we had this prominent display with the flags and the sculpture Inter and a flamenco dancer, a couple who were busking in the street, came to 
and danced in front of the chairs and the statues. Magical moment. The crowd flowed around. It was artful and beautiful and the best Melbourne could offer. You know, this splendid you know, view of skyscrapers in the background, the flags, the sculptures, and art. <laughs> beautiful. John Shipton went off after Sydney back to the US. Hear this story of this man. He's on a tour, a speaking tour. He's doing Q&As for the movie Ithaca. 60 of them. For six weeks, 50 speaking engagements. Think about that. Do the maths. That's more than one a day in some cases. Yeah. So he's out there. And John's had a flutter, a heart flutter. He's got a stent and all this kind of stuff. He could pop off at any moment on this tour. When he left, I'm thinking, oh my, goodbye, mate. You know, I might see you again. Yeah? Such is the dedication that he gives to this. He talks about it being on the path. I think it's the path of truth. Get up in the morning and keep walking is what he's doing. Justice for his son. But it's bigger than that because we know this. He's created this huge global movement for justice. The path he pursued was the um, what called the parliamentary cross-party parliamentary groups in various parliaments in Europe and South America and Canada all this time. There are Assange groups that gather cross-party lines and organise support for Assange. These are huge in like parliaments in France, for example, it's got something like 90 delegates a part of these. And in Germany, huge following for Assange. And as if the empire and its shills, like Albanese, is just a shill for the US empire. It's got no guts at all. Yeah? No integrity. No decency. He's the very obverse of John Shipton who speaks quietly, speaks the truth quietly to win people's hearts. But it is true. He doesn't expand. He'd, he'd rather not tell people things and create false rumours. A magnificent human being. Yeah? Fully endorsed by... Um, what's our journalist friend? Um, Pilger. Pilger spoke in Sydney on Friday, paid tribute to John Shipton for the amazing campaign he has created all across the world with his example. And what is it that he's appealing to? What core does he touch in our hearts? There is a word we don't hear much. It's called decency. We feel good about being citizens. We live in a decent community. We believe in justice as an act of decency. And yet, despite this massive following, support, 
I think the, the, the polls are, when they do a survey on Julian Assange, it's something like 78 or 80 percent of people say he ought to be out. Yeah? And yet, they deny it. You want to say something? You don't mind. I was waving. And yet, it is unheeded. Or they seem to be unheeding it. I saw, and many of you probably did see, um, our Foreign Affairs Minister Penny Wong in front of uh, Senate estimates being questioned by the Greens guy about Julian Assange. Body language. No, 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 we're doing everything to support Bullshit. They lie to us. They are seen to be lying to us. And now Albanese, who had gone quiet on Julian, didn't want to send our great and powerful friend. Remember he said, you know, I don't do megaphone diplomacy. He doesn't do any diplomacy. He just signs off. We've got AUKUS. But I say worse than that. Albanese has given us the forced posture agreement. Did you read that? Did you hear any debate about what the rules will be in this lead up to... That's my dog. Hang on, I'm talking a bit long, I'm sorry. And a bit loud. What will the rules for the US forces in Australia in this lead up to a war with China, what will the rules be? I didn't see them coming from the Australian government, I saw it on the US website spelling out how it's going to be for us. And how it's going to be is that they can land any aircraft, nuclear or otherwise. They can dock any ship, nuclear or anywhere, everywhere. They can move forces, soldiers through our country, anywhere, anytime. They can store munitions on our country anywhere they choose and make them accessible for war. Yeah? There are no rules. They can do anything in that document. You've read it. Thank you. You have heard much. There are no rules. We are an occupied country. This is an occupying army that we have. Now, what, what, what's the next part of the scenario? when an army occupies you and our soldiers put down their weapons and say, oh, they're our friends, yeah? What happens next? Ukraine. Ukraine, you got it. Yeah. I say worse, it's pillage. Next up is plunder. The occupying army steals what they want from us. We're no longer a sovereign country. We are an occupied country and there's pillage going on right now. They're stealing from us. How will this turn around? This trickery of government we had, this deceit, this treacherous deceit, they have sold us out. They have sold future generations out. And all that remains for us, I think, is the message of John Shipton, which is decency. Let us not let them get away with this. They should be ashamed. Shouldn't dare walk in public place with their warmongering dribbling from their lips. Yeah? We've got to make it like we did with Big Rob over there. Tell them. Tell them they are despicable, disgusting, 
examples of Australian citizenship. We don't want that kind of indecency in our life or in our public places. Go away. I don't know where the Labor Party's going from here, but it's finished. Yeah? It's become a warmongering party. We've got to move past the Labor Party and we've got to build new movements. Now I'm going to detour. <laughs> Why I'm here. Fifty years ago, I was in Lismore and Nimbin more particularly organising for the Nimbin Aquarius Festival. Yeah? So there's going to be commemoration in Nimbin in May. It's ten days. The festival is ten days. They're going to do ten days commemoration from the 12th to the 22nd again. We would like it to be a conversation. Yeah? People sitting down, meeting each other, talking about old times, talking about new times and how we might find that magic we had back then to motivate a movement for peace. Because that's how the Aquarius Festival came to be. We were students who had opposed the Vietnam, the US war on Vietnam and the conscription that the Liberal government introduced for it for 19-year-olds, signing up people. When this policy was announced, it was part of a, a campaign for the Liberal Prime Minister, what was his name after Menzies? He won the election. Oh, you're talking about Holt. Then there's McMahon. I'm then talking about McMahon. Harold Holt. Anyway, they were coming up for the election. The Americans were desperate for allies in their war on Vietnam. They were going to draw the line against communism. Yeah? The yellow peril. Remember that dreadful thing that was going to happen to us? Asians would come to town. And Lyndon Baines Johnson decided he would come to Australia to win the election for the Liberals. So he came to Australia on the campaign all the way with LBJ, Lyndon Baines Johnson. Yeah? The government supported this big time. They put out seats in, the, in Sydney, for example. There were over 200,000 people turned up to this protest. Protesters were very... Oh, 200,000 people who turned up for this parade of the first American ever president to come to Australia. Big media all over the television, big Assyria. Seats for the pensioners in the street. And the opposition to the war was few, but dynamic. <laughs> we stopped the motorcade. We lay down in front of the motorcade. And it was shut down for 30 minutes because people kept coming and diving under the car to stop it. The outshot of this was that the Liberals won a landslide victory for war in Vietnam. Right? They had manipulated the media and generated an hysteria for war like we're going to have for China, like we've had for Ukraine. Yeah? That's what they had created. But we, 
we had created a peace movement. There had been peace movements before, but now we were organised, right? Six years later, Whitlam was swept to power. The work of the activists and the protesters, the 19-year-olds who refused to enlist, all that created a counterculture which led to the election of Whitlam. They had lost, not only the war, the US alliance itself had lost. I thought we'd never have conscription again. And then they professionalised the army and they didn't need it. They made poverty conscription. How things change when you begin to organise. That's my lesson about this. Yeah? And one of the spin-offs, we said, okay, after we, the troops were withdrawn and conscription was undone, we said we won the peace. This is what we've done. We've not just stopped conscription and the Australian soldiers in, in Vietnam. We've also won the peace. So the question was, what does the peace look like? What do we want it to be? The Aquarius Festival. Let's do it as an expo where people come and show us what their vision for the future is. It was a... There were lots of musicians in it, but it wasn't a music festival. Yeah? It was a lifestyle festival, a lifestyle expo. That's where it came from and many things flew from it flowed on from this. The counterculture kind of established itself forever, it seems like, in Nimbin, but also in the North Coast and many places elsewhere. Yeah? This vision of how we could live peacefully. So that's what the, the festival will be about in terms of remembrance. But let it be a call to war. Yeah? Let us get serious about the war in Ukraine that's creating nuclear threats, huh? madness, absolute madness. Watch out for the program. Come to Nimbin. Be part of the conversations about how we build peace in our time again. Thank you. Thank you. That was Graham Dunstan speaking at the uh, Julian Assange support event last Saturday. And next up is the local lawyer, Eddie Lloyd, who successfully got Violet Coco released on appeal using the admitted fact that New South Wales police had knowingly lied to the court in order to attract a harsh sentence about a blue lights ambulance being held up by her protest when in fact she'd only blocked one lane of a five-lane Sydney bridge approach. Epic week um, of intense emotions and, um, you know, a big fight um, alongside Violet to make sure she stayed out of custody uh, from those draconian um, laws. Um, but we're here today about Julian Assange, which is relevant, and I'll speak about Violet a little bit um, later. Um, I remember 20 years ago being one of 250,000 people in Sydney, uh, one of hundreds of millions of people across the world, many of you here marched in your own communities against the decision, the unilateral decision of Howard 
um, to go to the Iraq war. Um, and we were told a lie about the reason for going to war. Um, and we had no say in it. So we all took to the streets and it was absolutely massive. 600 countries and the citizens of those countries took part in mass rallies across the world. But our voice was not loud enough. So then we had a very long period of, um, you know, fighting, trillions of dollars wasted in the Iraq war. And in 2010, of course, Julian Assange through WikiLeaks released all of those war logs and that footage of the Apache helicopter um, seeing US um, military gunning down innocent civilians, gunning down innocent civilians. And the response to that has been the malicious prosecution of Julian Assange ever since, spending seven years in Britain's Guantanamo Bay jail, the harshest prison in the UK, Belmarsh Prison. Oh, sorry, seven years in the Ecuadorian embassy and then four years in Belmarsh Prison, uh, where, where now he's going to be extradited to the US to face espionage charges under the Espionage Act in the US, which is a 1917 act. It's over 100 years old. Uh, and it's to try people for espionage. Does anyone know what the definition of espionage is? It's like being a spy gathering intel to use against your own country. It's never been used against a publisher before. And it violates the First Amendment of the US, which is the freedom of press, freedom of speech, and freedom to protest. And we're seeing this worldwide trend um, of people who are speaking out, trying to tell the truth that are being silenced by laws, frightened with prison terms, and actually jailed, as we saw with Violet. And for Violet, what she was trying to do was just talk about the science, really. That's all it came down to. Just on the Harbour Bridge, talking about the facts of science, the climate science, about climate change, about the breakdown, about the protection racket and the joint criminal enterprise between the New South Wales Labor, the New South Wales Liberal, and the fossil fuel industries who fill their fat pockets with dirty dollars that the New South Wales Labor and Liberal Party pay them back by subsidising billions of dollars a year to open new coal and gas mines, which is completely against the science. Now, I grew up going to a school in this country, learning about science from grade one, understanding that it's based on facts and evidence. Yet here we are entering a dangerous time in our country where our politicians are refusing to listen to the science. They are so obsessed with protecting their own power and the profits of those vested interests that they don't even give a shit that the world around them is on fire. Our democracy is in crisis. And I'm surprised that there's not more people here. But that's because the media have done such a fine job in parroting the bullshit from our politicians. I point the finger at some of the media in Australia for not telling the truth about the climate science. Our democracy has become infected and our democratic voice has been crowded out and silenced. 
And what the politicians like to do to mainstream Australia is to point to people like Julian Assange and point to people like Violet Coco and call them radicals and extremists and traitors and anarchists. That's not who they are. They're just trying to tell the truth. They're just exposing the truth. The real radicals here in Australia and the real criminals here in Australia and overseas are those that are seeking to shut the truth down. It's those politicians that are radical, that are turning their back on the science of climate breakdown. That's pretty radical. That's extreme. And that's anarchist behaviour. But unfortunately, the narrative has been flipped. And what this meant for Violet was she's been, she was thrown into jail. She spent nearly a year on house arrest style bail conditions. She couldn't even leave the house during the day, couldn't get a job. And then she was sentenced in the local court on a lie that the police, the New South Wales police made up. The New South Wales police completely fabricated a very aggravating fact that there was an ambulance with lights and sirens on its way to an emergency. And Violet halted that ambulance when she stood on the Harbour Bridge and stopped traffic for half an hour. And what we all know now is like Howard lied about motive to go to war. Sometimes it's just convenient for our politicians and New South Wales police to just make stuff up. And that's what happened to Violet. And that is a big reason why she ended up in custody. And in regard to Julian Assange, like Graham, I have been absolutely disgusted at our Prime Minister's conduct and response to this. All this talk about, you know, we're just going to do it quietly, not through a megaphone. I mean, do we really believe anything our politicians say these days? No. Do you really believe that Albanese has gone and advocated for Julian Assange? No. <laughs> Why does he think we're going to believe him? It's so ridiculous because Julian Assange was calling for transparency about these war crimes. That's the point of it all. But Albanese has just missed the memo. He's still trying to cover everything up, even these supposed negotiations with the US to not try him for war crimes, for exposing war crimes. We've got seven days here in New South Wales before the state election. And it's an important one. And you can make your voice heard today about these draconian anti-protest laws that saw Violet jailed and see others faced with two years jail and $22,000 fines. It's time to turn off the fossil fuel power and return the power to the people. The only people, the only party that are willing to fight for us here and for our voice and for our democracy and repeal these draconian laws are the Greens. It's as simple as that. No one should go to jail for peacefully protesting. Our right, our freedom to speak 
and express ourselves should never, ever be shut down. And I think here in Lismore, what we need to be remembering is this is the hometown of Julian Assange. It's also become the hometown of Violet. So there's something going on in the water here and we all know what it is. We are not going to let the government silence us anymore. The only way to stop this is to get down to the polls and to vote one Green, the only party that's going to stop and repeal these draconian laws and enshrine our right and our freedom to speak. Okay, thanks for listening. That was Graham Dunstan and Eddie Lloyd speaking at the Julian Assange support event last Saturday in Lismore outside the Memorial Baths and War Memorial, as recorded by myself, Peron Berg, for Environmental as Anything on River FM. <laughs>